you are Locked On Orioles, your daily Baltimore Orioles podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hey there, Orioles fans. Today is Thursday, December 9th, 2021, and welcome back in to the Locked On Orioles podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. As always, I'm your host, Connor Newcomb, and coming up on today's episode, we start a look at uh, a deeper dive into the players the Orioles selected in the minor league phase of the Rule 5 draft on Wednesday. And today, we're going to talk about the Orioles' number one overall pick in that draft. That is the right-handed pitcher, Nolan Hoffman. So we'll get you some background on Nolan, talk about his few years in the Seattle Mariners system, and then we are going to have a guest on the show who knows a lot more about Nolan Hoffman and watched him pitch for most of 2021. That is Keaton Gilogly, who is the voice of the Modesto Nuts, the single-A affiliate of the Seattle Mariners, and Keaton saw many of Hoffman's outings in 2021. He will join us to talk about Nolan's stuff on the mound, uh, what makes him good, and what traits we see that could potentially have him jump all the way to AAA or maybe even the big leagues in 2022. Then we'll talk about a little bit of you know his fit in the O system, where he may start next season, and a little more Orioles news and notes at the end of the pod. But that's all coming up on this episode of the Locked on Orioles podcast. But before we get there, just did want to thank you for making Locked on Orioles your first listen of the day. Locked on Orioles is free and available on all podcast listening platforms. And remember, we are the only Orioles podcast out there bringing you daily content. Monday through Friday, you wake up, there's a brand new episode of Locked on Orioles in your inbox. So if you like what you're hearing here on the show, tell your friends, tell your family, tell your fellow Orioles fans that you know to check out the show. And uh, make sure to like, follow, subscribe to the podcast wherever you listen. And specifically, if you are a listener on Apple Podcasts, if you could give us a five-star rating and a review on the Apple Podcasts app, really, really helps me out a lot to continue to bring you daily content, even here in the offseason and even here during a lockout. So again, we thank you for making Locked on Orioles your first podcast listen of the day. And for your first listen today, well, we're learning about one of the players the Orioles brought in in the minor league phase of the Rule 5 draft. That is Nolan Hoffman. And listen, you know, this part of the offseason usually does not bring in a lot of talent that you're going to you know, have to know for years to come. But we're in a lockout, which means the minor league Rule 5 draft is one of the only things going on where teams can acquire players. And the Orioles ended up acquiring three players in the draft on Wednesday. Two of them they drafted, and one they acquired via trade a little later in the night. But we want to talk about the guy who was the number one overall pick in the minor league phase of the Rule 5 draft, who the Orioles took with that first selection, and that is right-handed pitcher Nolan Hoffman. And now this was not a pick that came you know, out of left field. Uh, people who cover this draft closely, including J.J. Cooper over at Baseball America, even before the draft had predicted that, you know, Hoffman was the number one consensus prospect that was available in this draft and thought it would be a, a pretty easy call for the Orioles to take him. And that is exactly what they did. So let's find out, you know, why Nolan Hoffman was that number one guy. First of all, a 24-year-old right-handed pitcher, Nolan Hoffman, who was a fifth-round selection by the Seattle Mariners in the 2018 draft out of Texas A&M. And now, Hoffman is interesting because, you know, he was a pitcher below the D1 level, then he transferred to Texas A&M, became a reliever in the Aggies' bullpen in 2018, and was fantastic and put up such good numbers that he became a, a draft guy quickly as their closer and became a fifth-round pick 
that year. Now, Hoffman went to rookie ball with the Seattle Mariners, and he had a pretty good 2018 season and just continued to kind of climb up their minor league ranks. Across the two rookie ball levels in 2018 after he was drafted, in 21 appearances out of the bullpen in 25 innings, he had a 2-1-6 ERA, and he struck out 23 guys and walked only eight, did not allow a home run in that time. So he went up to full season ball in 2019 with the Mariners, with the West Virginia Power in the South Atlantic League, and he once again put up some pretty good numbers at the what was then the low A affiliate for that team. But it wasn't a lot of work that he got in in 2019. It was nine appearances, eight and a third innings. Now, he did have four saves as the closer, but in those eight and a third innings, he allowed just one earned run on four hits, struck out seven and walked four. Guys only hit 138 against him, and it was dominant, but it was a very small sample size. And that is because after pitching well early in the season, he had to undergo Tommy John surgery, got injured, and of course missed the rest of the 2019 season. And then with the pandemic in 2020, no minor league season, he did have a good amount of time to rehab. And once he got back in 2021, he was ready to go once again. So he went back to the low A level, which was now Modesto, and he was dominant again out of the bullpen. 24 games in 29 innings. He was 5 for 5 in saves. He had a 2.17 ERA in those 29 innings, struck out 31, walked only 9, gave up only 18 hits, and once again just did not allow the long ball. No home runs allowed. So he got the bump up to high A with the Everett Aqua Sox, and the numbers did take a dip a little bit. 13 games out of the Aqua Sox bullpen, and he pitched you know, a, a little bit bigger sample sizes, like most of his outings were more than one inning. But he ended up pitching 22 innings, and the ERA jumped to 5.32, and you know he did jump competition levels, but it was a, a big step up in the ERA for Hoffman. But a 5.32 ERA in the 22 innings, he allowed 13 runs on 22 hits, but he still struck out 24, still walked only 5, and gave up only 2 home runs. So the peripherals still looked pretty good from Hoffman. So all in all, in his 2021 season, it was 51 innings and a 3.53 ERA with 50 55 strikeouts and just 14 walks allowed. So overall, he was pretty good. Guys hit only 211 against him. In his minor league career with the Mariners at all these levels, 84 innings, a 288 ERA, and a 208 batting average against him. So he has had some dominant numbers now at uh, age 24. And he'll be 25 next August. So next year will still be his age 24 season. But the question also becomes, you know, is he ready for AAA because of this, you know, phase of the draft? Hoffman gets placed on the Orioles AAA roster and presumably would have to start the year uh, in the Norfolk Tides bullpen in 2022. So the question is, is he ready to make that jump from some struggles at high A up to AAA? Well, there's something that helps out Hoffman in this stance. First of all, it's that he's always been a reliever. He was a closer in college and, you know, came right to pro ball and became a reliever as well. Those guys are usually able to climb the system faster uh, with more ease because they're only working one to two inning stints. And the other thing that he has is some interesting numbers that help him out is he is essentially a true sidearm reliever. This is not a, a submarine guy. This is not a guy who throws from three quarters. This is a legitimate, you know, arm is at a 90 degree angle with your body throwing sidearm. And that is what he looks like 
on the mound for the right-hander. And his stuff is interesting as well. Now, he throws a sinker, which a lot of sidearm guys do, but it's a sinker with great run, you know, to the inside, to righties, and runs away from left-handers. It's kind of a a two-seam sinker uh, that's, you know, 91, 92 miles per hour. And what it's able to do is get a whole lot of ground balls. And then he throws it in there with a changeup that also has uh, some of that same kind of run. And he throws a lot of strikes. You know, it doesn't walk many guys, doesn't give up home runs because the ball is typically always hit into the ground when Hoffman is out there. So it's an interesting profile where he still does have, you know, some solid strikeout numbers. It's not like, you know, he's all ground balls all day, he, he's still striking guys out. And, you know, again, last year he had a strikeout rate of almost 10 Ks per nine. So he's still, you know, getting guys to swing and miss. But when he's not, it's seemingly always they're hitting the ball into the ground. He has some pretty insane ground ball numbers. You know, they were up around 66% ground ball rate. They've been as high as 79% in his first year in the minor league. So, you know, not a lot of line drives, not a lot of fly balls, you know, not a lot of stuff hit hard in general. Guys just do not hit the baseball hard against him, and it's a lot of slow rollers. Uh, you know, it's it's like watching Zach Britton at times, obviously much different stuff, but you just see a lot of uh, slow rollers hit into the infield, and I think that's why, you know, he could jump up a couple of levels because, you know, he can still get these better hitters to just beat the ball into the ground. He's great against righties. They they have a, a, a lot of trouble hitting those two pitches that kind of, you know, run in on them. And this could be a, a pretty good pickup for the Orioles. And obviously it's kind of the consensus top pick in this minor league phase of the Rule 5 draft. But we wanted to know more about what exactly his 2021 season looked like and what looks like it'll be his final season in the Mariners organization. So Keaton Gilogley will join us here on the pod. He is the play-by-play voice of the Modesto Nuts, the single-A affiliate of the Seattle Mariners. And of course, Modesto was where Hoffman spent most of his 2021 season Uh, pitching in 24 games for the Nuts this past year. And Keaton is going to join us to talk about Nolan's 2021 year, his stuff on the mound, that funky delivery, and, uh, you know, what he could do if he has to jump a couple of levels next year with the O's, and if he might be ready to potentially get to the big leagues next season. So that's all coming up in just a bit here with Keaton Gilogley, the play-by-play voice of the Modesto Nuts. We're talking about the newest Orioles minor league reliever in Nolan Hoffman. So we'll get to know more about new Orioles minor league right-handed pitcher Nolan Hoffman in our conversation in just a second. But first, got to tell you about betonline.ag, which is the spot to go to to place a bet on anything in the sports world right now. They've got you covered all season with more props, odds, and lines than ever before as the football season continues the march to the playoffs. And BetOnline remains your number one spot for all the sports action this season as well. So head to their new, updated desktop or mobile website to sign up today, and you can receive a 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Just use our promo code Locked On to receive your bonus. Again, that is promo code Locked On to receive a 50% welcome bonus. From basketball, football, NHL, boxing, and UFC, right to your favorite Vegas casino games, don't wait to take advantage of all the amazing offers available for the 2021 season. Bet online is the fastest and easiest way to bet on all your favorite sports, and you do it at betonline.ag, where the game starts. 
And today's episode of the Locked On Orioles podcast is also brought to you by Stance. Now, I've been hearing a lot about Stance recently, and their socks, their underwear, their active apparel, and uh, seems like more and more people are loving this clothing. And, you know, this stuff is really great. Founded in 2009, Stance Apparel represents a radical reinvention of socks, underwear, and active apparel. With a sharp focus on comfort, quality, and creativity, Stance brings an atypical aesthetic alongside some of pop culture's hottest collaborators for the ultimate in style and self-expression. Because everything you wear should be a direct extension of who you are and how you feel. And everything they have looks good, and most importantly, it feels good. So comfortable, this Stance apparel. And Stance believes that the perfect fit matters more than fitting in. That those who feel good do good. Go see for yourself. Register for an account at stance.com and get 15% off your first purchase. And use promo code LOCKEDON at checkout to apply the discount and get your 15% off. Enjoy the color and comfort of a life less ordinary with Stance. All right, so we welcome Keaton Gilogly to the podcast. He is the play-by-play voice of the Modesto Nuts, the single-A affiliate of the Seattle Mariners. And Keaton, first of all, thank you so much for joining the podcast. Yeah, you bet. Excited to have some sort of baseball to talk about. Yeah, we are. Uh, we're in the lockout, but the lockout does not stop the minor league phase of the Rule Five Draft, which is what we're talking about here today. Um, and specifically, Nolan Hoffman, who the Orioles took number one overall in that draft on Wednesday, a 24-year-old right-hander uh, who has been with the Seattle Mariners since they drafted him in the fifth round of 2018. You saw him in Modesto for a good chunk of the 2021 season. So from you watching him pitch, kind of give me the, the quick little, uh, the quick little elevator pitch on his scouting report. Yeah. Uh, funky delivery, as you mentioned, a true side armor who'd actually, you know, comes all the way down from the side, not totally a submariner, but a real side armor and a little extra velo. You know, usually you start to think about those side armors as guys who are in that like 85, 86, 88 kind of range, you know, he's in the 90 to 95 range and really can kind of ramp it in there. Um, and, you know, he's got that bowling ball fastball and then his stuff breaks, you know, funky like side armors do, but he can break it toward right-handed hitters and away from right-handed hitters. So he can kind of break it both ways, plus that extra velocity on the fastball. So he was pretty crafty and, and he got a lot of outs with us. So he was a little old for low A, the new low A we had in 2021. Um, but at the same time, he had had Tommy John surgery in 2019 and he missed 2020. So yeah, he came out like, uh, you know, he came out of the gates really strong and uh, was outstanding for us so while he was in Modesto. Yeah, I know a lot of what I've read talks about that, you know, two seam slash sinker fastball that he throws with the changeup. Is there a breaking ball in there as well? Does he not throw it as much? Or kind of what does the whole repertoire look like? Yeah, no, he's really just sticking with the two seamer and like just the that little like cutter. I mean, it, you know, the for the Mariners, the way they develop their pitching, they've really even moved further and further away from even naming pitches. Um, they're just talking about how they break them and and that sort of thing. And everybody kind of has a different name right now because they're so focused on shape. So yeah, he's you know he's gonna kind of he's gonna have that like the two the the, the two seamer and the cutter style where one's breaking to the left, the other one's breaking to the right, and then he's got the fastball that's gonna stay in that same spot. And so he's just it's remarkable how easy it is for him to repeat his delivery because that's one of the toughest things for those side armors um, to make it look the same coming out the every single time. So he was able to do that. And as a result, you know, he got some swings and misses for sure. But yeah, he was a big ground ball guy. So if you look at his numbers, I mean his ground ball rate is uh, is off the charts and 
he just gets in there. He threw a lot of strikes and uh, and got a lot of ground balls. So he was a, he was a guy who really yeah, he gave us a good look and and uh, I'm excited for him. Hey, first first overall pick in Rule Five draft that can land the media guide somewhere. Yeah, and 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 that's what I was I was going to ask too because you know you see the stuff, you see the arm angle, you you know he's going to be a big ground ball guy, and that's what he's been. But I felt like the strikeouts took an interesting jump this year. Was it? Did he have like more swing and miss than you expected? Was it just? throwing guys off with more called strikes. Like how did he, I know you didn't see him, you know, back in, in 2019 pre Tommy John surgery, but how was he able to get what was a, a big strikeout bump for his entire career? You know, at the low A level um, that we had this year was a very, very different level. Um, and you had a lot of inexperienced guys. And I think uh, what we saw is if you could just spot a fastball, you were going to get a lot of swings and misses and you're going to strike out guys a ton. Um, you know, you, you follow the minor leagues like the former low a we had before last year was different than what we have because there was no short season there was no rookie ball so we had a lot of 18 year old kids there was a lot of guys who were drafted out of high school in 2020 that came into that league so there was some very inexperienced bats and if you had the ability to spot your stuff and put it where you wanted it to be you were going to get a lot of swings and misses and a lot of outs so you know he dominated that level and i would expect him to probably start a double a in the Orioles system coming up um, when we get back to work and then we'll see how it goes from there so this next year will really be a, a very very big one for him i mean he's a college guy so he's slightly older uh the mariners have a lot of depth in terms of their uh their minor league arms you know the the adam frazier deal that they made also had Ray Kerr in it. He's another big lefty who, and a, a good reliever who I don't think was going to make their 40-man roster. So he they weren't going to probably be able to protect him. So you're seeing the Mariners kind of let some of these guys kind of open up. And the Mariners have done an incredible job um, kind of developing some of these like mid-tier relievers. And it's going to be really interesting to see how they kind of develop and go forward and what they do because they've really been on the cutting edge of using a lot of the different technology to shape pitches and get guys to be as uh, biomechanically efficient as possible. Yeah, it's 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 interesting to see him go from Seattle to Baltimore because it's two systems that are clearly on the rise. I mean, most places have them one and two in terms of the minor league systems right now. Um, so he's not going to lose a lot in terms of you know how much data he's getting, how much input he's getting, how much help he's getting from certain kind of coaches. But I did want to ask, and I know you're not going to have too too much on this because you're not really able to watch him once he you know goes to Everett, and it's because I know the minor league lifestyle doesn't leave a, a lot of room for watching other baseball. But did you have any insight into why you know the ERA jumped so much? I mean, it was around two with with Modesto. It was over five in a similar amount of innings uh, when he got to the high A level. And again, you know, the walk rate was the same. The strikeout rate was the same. Was there any indication on why that ERA jumped so much? No, I think I think that was a case of just uh, of, of having like one or two poor games. You know, when you're a reliever and you're only throwing an inning at a time, um, you know, if you have one tough outing, things can really kind of get away from you. So, um, yeah, he had a, you know, in August, he gave up a couple extra runs later in the season. But, um, yeah, it was I think it was just a case of, of giving up and getting touched for for one or two big outings. And that was kind of what uh, what kind of dinged him there. And then the last thing I got to ask, you know, this is more of, of speculation, but when you take a guy number one overall in the, you know, what is known as the triple A phase of the Rule five draft, you're expecting that guy to essentially pitch in triple A for you uh, the next season. And with the Orioles, you know, we talked about the systems kind of being in the same spot with the Mariners, but the major league product is not at the same spot. And the Orioles have a much better opportunity for guys to get to the big leagues. And I know it seems like a large jump from high A, you know, getting to the big leagues the next year, but He's going to be 25 during next season and the Orioles, you know, spent this top pick on him. Can you see the stuff that he has translating into at least like a serviceable middle reliever 
maybe by the end of next year in the big leagues. Yeah, I mean, I don't know that he's going to be a serviceable major leaguer next year, but getting to the big leagues, I do not think is out of the question at all whatsoever. Um, you know, I think he probably starts at double A next year, and that'll tell you a lot because once he gets to double A, he will not have ever faced talent and and uh, experience like that. And that's going to be the biggest thing. Can he get double A or triple A hitters out two or three times over the course of a road trip? You know, can he get a guy out, you know, two or three different times over the course of the season. Because once those guys have a chance to start to make some adjustments against him, that's when you're going to really start to get a feel. And, you know, the Mariners have brought in a lot of uh, a lot of side armors and a lot of side armors that come through uh, Modesto. And, and they've been in that kind of like low 90s range and they've been able to get outs at the A-ball level. Can they get outs at that double A AA and triple A level? Because those guys know how to make adjustments. And the umpires up there are really, really good uh, compared to the low A and, uh, and, and uh, high A level. And so those guys call really good strike zones. So you're not going to get any gifts. And those uh, those hitters really have a great command of the strike zone. So, um, yeah, it's going to be a big year. I, I would be I'd be excited to watch him pitch when it comes time um, to see him get out at double A. And if he has a good start at double A, there's no reason he can't jump from double A and go right up to the big leagues. Otherwise, you know, even if you just go up to triple A after that, you know, there's definitely room for that and a potential to potentially get his uh, his toe in the water next year. Well, many seem to be excited about him, not just the Orioles, but, you know, even before the draft, you know, J.J. Cooper over Baseball America had kind of already tabbed uh, Nolan as the consensus, like this is who the Orioles are going to take with this first pick. And so, uh, you know, it, it's as excited as you can get about the minor league rule five draft because it's it's kind of all we've we've uh, we've got right now. But it, it seems like at least like the the hype was there for, you know, teams looking at, at his underlying data and, and, you know, what he can do on the mound and that he could, you know, be a piece for for hopefully the Orioles in the future. How starved and sick are we that we're just getting super amped about mid-level, middle relievers coming in from the side? But no, he's he's a good guy. He's a good kid. He's from Lincoln, Nebraska. And he he was cool. He he was fun. So you guys are gonna like him. And uh, he was nicknamed in college the Hoff. So you can use the Hoff for him. Oh, the, the Hoff will be used. But Keaton, thank you so much uh, for joining us to talk about the Hoff, Nolan Hoffman, uh, that sidearm delivery, and uh, what he did with the Mariners, what he could potentially do with the Orioles. But uh, thanks again for coming on the pot. Yeah, you bet. Happy to be here. So our thanks again to Keaton Gilogly for joining the podcast, the play-by-play voice of the Modesto Nuts, the single-A affiliate of the Seattle Mariners, to join us to talk about Nolan Hoffman and his 2021 season in the Seattle Mariners organization uh, with the O's taking him first overall in the minor league phase of the Rule 5 draft. And, you know, it's interesting. I you know said it on Twitter after the draft pick was made and, and watching some Hoffman highlights that, you know, I am pretty sure we're going to see him in the big leagues next year. And, that seems kind of crazy. I mean, he only pitched as high as high A ball in 2021. What makes you think he's going to get to the big leagues next year? Well, you know, the relievers have a, a you know a chance and they tend to rise faster in the system. He is already 24. He's going to be 25 next year while he's still in the system. I mean, that's a, a big league age for many pitchers. And if the Orioles are going to spend that top pick um, on a guy who has to go to AAA anyway, if he's pitching well at AAA, you know, and the Orioles are looking for arms in a similar case that they were looking for arms in 2021, why wouldn't he come up? I mean, he's got that funky delivery. He's got the high ground ball rate. He's still get swing and miss stuff. He is pretty much, you know, 
known what he is as a pitcher, and maybe he doesn't have you know a super high ceiling of becoming a you know a dominant major league reliever. But I feel like he's a guy who has a pretty high floor, and that is one of the reasons why the Orioles took him with the first overall pick on Wednesday. Is that you know he, he feels like that stuff and that arm angle is always kind of going to be there, and that floor will be high enough where he can get to the big leagues. And the goal of the minor league rule five draft is not to get you know a bunch of impact players. It's to hopefully find one guy, whether you take two or three or more players in the draft. Orioles obviously ended up acquiring three. The goal is really to find one guy who can play or or pitch in the big leagues. And, you know, most of these guys that you get in this draft end up being just good minor league depth. But if you can get one guy that can contribute in the big leagues, that is a win for the minor league phase of the Rule 5 draft. And, hey, Hoffman, you know, could be that guy just with that stuff. And, you know, it's it's a different delivery. It's not a Darren O'Day delivery. It's it's closer to kind of a Michael Givens delivery, if you want to think, you know, guys who have not pitched from over the top uh, in the history of the Orioles' bullpen over the last few years. But it's just funky. It's fun to watch. He keeps hitters off balance. And even if his strikeout rate goes down, which I think, you know, as he jumps you know, the minor league levels, he's almost at 10 Ks per nine. I think that strikeout rate's going to go down, but if he can keep that ground ball rate up, he could be a solid, you know, middle reliever in the major leagues if he continues to get a little better. And you will take that every day of the week if you can get that out of the minor league phase of the Rule 5 draft. But, of course, Hoffman wasn't the only guy who the Orioles acquired in the draft on Wednesday. Cole Uvula was the second pick that they took, uh, Big, high spin rate, right-hander, driveline baseball guy that the Orioles took out of the Rangers system. He's a guy who is majorly ready. He's 27 years old. He is ready to go. Surprised he didn't get to the bigs last year with Texas. But he's a guy who honestly, honestly can compete for an opening day bullpen spot for the Orioles in spring training. Um, And he's a guy who we will get to a little more on an episode next week. I actually have a couple of guests um, joining us. One guy who watched Uvila pitch in the minors uh, for most of last season. And then we're also going to have a voice from Driveline Baseball who has worked a lot with Cole this offseason on honing in some of his pitches. Uh, So we'll have two guests on an episode looking at Tuesday of next week to take a look at Cole Uvila. It should be a, a really good chat there to learn a lot about another new Orioles pitcher. And, you know, the O's ended up with two open spots on the AAA roster. You're allowed to have as many as 38 players on the AAA roster. The Orioles had 36, so they had two open spots uh, to take two players, and they did. And we thought they were done, but then they also made a trade as well a couple hours after the draft to add a third player. Remember, you can still trade, you know, minor league players, and they sent cash considerations over to the Seattle Mariners and in exchange acquired a third pitcher on the day. And that was Tommy Wilson. Now, we're also going to have an episode coming up next week all about Tommy Wilson, what he can bring. But kind of the the skinny on Tommy Wilson as well is that he is a right-handed pitcher who was in the New York Mets organization. He actually was selected by the Mariners in the minor league phase of the Rule 5 draft. And then just a couple hours later, the Orioles sent cash considerations over to Seattle uh, to get Wilson in a trade. He actually had a pretty funny tweet that he sent out thanking the Mariners um, for all they've done for him uh, in his, what was it, two or three hours uh, with the Mariners organization. Uh, But Wilson, an interesting guy, as well. He was drafted originally by the Mets in the 19th round in 2018 at a Cal State Fullerton. 
He's a 25-year-old, 6'4", 220-pound right-handed pitcher uh, who had some some pretty good stats this year. He pitched at Double A Binghamton in the Mets system, and although he did not pitch a whole lot, it was 10 games, 15 and a third innings. He had a 2.35 ERA in those 15 and a third, 18 strikeouts, just five walks, and a 182 batting average against. So an interesting prospect. And what else makes him interesting? Well, he's got over 10,000 followers on Twitter because he is a digital artist who designs NFTs. And I will tell you right now, I know nothing about what an NFT is, but he seems to be pretty big in that space. He was on like a million NFT podcasts over the last year talking about it and uh, seems to be almost known more for that than his baseball, but also a a pretty good pitcher on the mound. He's had an interesting delivery uh, during his career with the Mets. And uh, he is also the son of the actor Tom Wilson, who played Biff in the Back to the Future series. So uh, an interesting story in Tommy Wilson uh, that the Orioles have brought in as well as the third pitcher of the day. But again, we will learn more about him uh, on his full episode that he'll get next week on the podcast. But of course, this week, we still have one episode remaining as we will be back tomorrow with another Free Agent Friday episode here on the podcast. We've been talking about, you know, relief pitchers recently on Free Agent Fridays. Let's get to starting pitchers because even though the Orioles did sign Jordan Lyles right before the lockout, I would have to think there's at least one more starting pitcher that the Orioles are going to bring in, you would hope, in free agency. So tomorrow on a Free Agent Friday, we will take a look at three right-handed starting pitchers that the Orioles could potentially bring in once this lockout ends. But that is coming up tomorrow. Until then, I'm Connor Newcomb, and this has been the Locked On Orioles podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day.